Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Everyone has a price. My name is Thomas, and I am here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you? What are you drinking? And what is your price? <laughs> <laughs> my my price is very high. My price is very high. Is it? Yeah. I, I don't like to do anything I don't want to do. My price is a Klondike bar. Mm. See, I don't know. They're just they're cold and minty. It doesn't do it for me. I don't know, man. I like the Kit Kat bar. Are you still nursing that Nutribullet, or are you done? I am still nursing this Nutribullet. It's it's early. Uh, it's almost noon for you. That's early on the weekend. You can turn on the scotch anytime you want. <laughs> I, I had I had some of it yesterday. Maybe too much yesterday. Oh oh, this the that bourbon that your friend bought you. Yeah yeah. Mm. <laughs> I uh, maybe we should do an episode on like random unexpected money. I don't know. Hmm. What do you do with random unexpected money, Andrew? I'm boring. I, I invest it. Bad oh. <laughs> <laughs> question. Oh, why? What do you do with random unexpected well, money? Well, it, it depends. Sometimes I invest it. Um, but I, since I have plans for how like my my uh, normal income works, mm. and, like it's piped through my system. Sometimes when I get normal unexpected money, I will let myself spend it. So like I wrote this script for another YouTube channel. Uh, I like volunteered to do it. I was like, you don't need to pay me. They're like, well, we're gonna pay you. And well, they paid you. Yeah, they paid me, dude. So, that's awesome. I know, right? And I got a, I got a check for eighty bucks in the mail, nice. and I was like, I didn't even want this. Like, I mean, I was totally willing to write the thing for free, so I'm just gonna go buy a nicer bottle of scotch than I usually get. <laughs> so I got a bottle of the Macallan Ten Year. It was like fifty bucks, so I wasn't like that. Blew the entire eighty bucks on it, but dude, that's sometimes awesome. you gotta splurge a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But hey. Uh, today's catchphrase comes from this magic card that I have in front of me. Wafa Hazid, Profiteer. This was the general of one of the decks I used, and my friends hated it because it basically makes other creatures unable to attack. Hmm. Everyone's got a price. He bribes people. Uh. So today's lesson from your good friends, Tom and Andrew. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> Mine's a Klondike bar. Andrew's is probably like, I don't know, a thriving business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so hey, if you got uh catchphrases and you don't want us to have to pull catchphrases off of magic cards, send them over to us on uh, Money Matters Man on Twitter or Listen Money Matters on Facebook or Send a Raven, I don't know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and we'll read them on the show. But today we're doing five questions. Let me read the the first one cuz I yeah. think this one applies I, I think that you would know it more. Well, I mean, I, we bo- I think we both could, but it's in the context of my, my little realm. It's in the context yes. of, of college. So yeah. um, Mia writes in, when I applied for my loans this year, I didn't know I would have a job and may have miscalculated the amount I would need. As a result, I have 10 to 15K in loans I am not using, just sitting in my bank account. And I'm guessing student loans. Should I go ahead and pay it back now, reducing my loan balance? If so, should I pay the loan with higher interest but a lower balance or a lower interest rate but higher balance? One is an interest rate of 5.4% and one is 5.25%. So I'm not sure that matters since they are so close. Cool. So, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, you should pay it back. <laughs> I mean, like, it's money you don't own. Like, you borrowed it and you don't need it. So get rid of it as soon as you can. Um, this happens a lot. You know, people will take... They'll they'll get their like loan award amount and then realize they didn't need that. So once you realize that, the best thing to do is give it back. And 
between 5.4 and 5.25 interest, it's not going to matter much because what you're going to want to do is call up your loan provider and say, I want to make a big payment and I want anything over my monthly payment, if you currently have a monthly payment, to be applied to the principal. Mm. So essentially, I'm giving back the money that I took. I don't need it. Don't charge me interest on it. You know, if there's an interest payment for that, for whatever you owe that month, then you can pay that, but then apply the rest to the principal. And if you have enough to pay back the whole balance of one loan, then it doesn't matter too much. That being said, when we recommend the stack method, so mm-hmm. you pay off the loan with the highest interest first, because that uh, over time will be the mathematically best way to save enough money. So I'm curious because um, I had friends in college and they had, they had loans, and I'm guessing they were federal loans. I didn't know much about it at the time. Mm-hmm. And they would get these refund checks which I'm not even sure I necessarily understand what they are. I mean, maybe it's like stipends to live on or something. I'm not really sure, but they would hmm. get this like check for like 5k, you know, and then it'd be like for the semester and, you know, education was already covered for and they would just go and just like buy stuff. Oh, okay. So what that probably is, uh, is they, they got a loan from the government or whatever. And then, they, the loan provider would send the check to the school to cover tuition or whatever fees, and then the student gets whatever's left over. Mm. And if that student is smart, they will use it to pay for living expenses like at the bare minimum. Like If I need the loan to pay for my apartment, for groceries, whatever, that's cool. If they're not smart, they will go buy booze with it because, hey, it's four years until I have to pay it back. <laughs> I might as well have fun. I'm obviously going to be a super high paid engineer in four years. So whatever, man. But yeah, what they should do is whatever they don't need, give it back because Mm. anything you don't get back, you're spending money now and it feels like free money, but you're paying interest on it. See, the thing was these, these were kids who who didn't have a lot of money and they would mm. be getting like, you know, $5,000, $4,000 in a check. And like, I, I remember living on like hundreds of dollars a month. If yeah. that, so they were like ballers, but <laughs> I, I imagine now they're, they're wishing, you know, didn't you have a friend in college who like inherited 50 K or something and then just blew it all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't know such the value of money and he, I mean, <laughs> he didn't. And there was, there was lots of cigars, lots of booze. <laughs> it was an awesome time, but I, I think if he would do it again, he would probably be a bit more frugal. Oh, I guarantee it. Didn't, didn't you say he like, didn't pay off his student loans? Like he had student loans and got the inheritance and didn't pay them off? He he got uh, personal finance, personal financially <laughs> educated the like the hard knocks way. Yeah. So now they, they pull, yeah, I think he just paid off his student loans, but they were taking a stipend okay. out of his check. And it was, it was bad for a while, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so I guess short of it, yeah, pay back the loan and make sure that they're going to apply whatever you pay back to the principal. Gotta Luckily, he does exceptionally well now, so he's... That's good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, hey, next question is really short. comes from Lauren, and she says, to pay for the roof, should I take out a home equity loan? So I'm assuming they need to get a new roof. So uh, it was like a, a whole long question thing, and she bought a house, and she said the roof's old, and they want to replace it. And I think it's like two things. One, don't just replace the roof just to replace the roof. You could probably repair it. And I know that um, when you buy a property, you're required to have insurance on mm. like basic stuff so that you know the value of your home doesn't go to crap and you still owe them a mortgage. So 
if something happens, it's it's still highly likely that it could be covered as long as it's within the life of your roof thing. Okay. But um, yeah, as long as you you have decent equity in your home, you could totally take out a home equity loan for that because uh, it's going to be very cheap. Um, so a home equity loan is like you're borrowing against the value of your house, basically. Yeah. Okay. It's, so. By cheap, you mean the interest rates are going to be low? Basically? Yeah, as opposed to, say, like a personal loan or something. Okay, gotcha. So obviously credit cards out of the question. Personal loans will be pretty yeah. high. Home equity loan will probably be the cheapest one that you can get uh, to do the job. So correct me if I'm wrong here. If you take a home equity loan to improve your house, mm-hmm. then you're going to like up the value of your home. So then if you chose to sell it later, you could probably make enough to pay off that home equity loan pretty easily along with whatever like you owe on your mortgage. Definitely possible. Potentially. And I'm not sure if this is the case with mine or I got lucky because of just appreciation, but I spent a decent amount and, and upgraded my whole kitchen. I think it was like 15K, okay. new appliances, floor, blah, 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 all that stuff. And uh, since I bought my home... It's it's been like two years and the value has gone up about fifty five thousand dollars. Nice. So I know like bathrooms and kitchens are like the prime places you can you know increase value in your home. So so very okay. well. Though so I remember we were talking about this when I was in New York. When you improve the like your home and the value goes up, your property taxes also go up. Well, it seems so, kind of like bullshit to me. But <laughs> so like you put all this work into improving your bathroom and then your taxes go up. Yeah, um, there's a lot of like suburbs. Like I, I had a boss, and uh, he had a bathroom in the basement of his home, and his tax rate, like how much he was taxed for his home on property taxes, based on the number of bathrooms he had. So he actually got the bathroom removed to reduce his property taxes. There's yeah. like weird stuff like that. I don't know, it just seems to look ridiculous to me. It it is like the same space you were living in. I mean, like it's more pleasing to you, but how does that affect the government? Like your bathroom they, is nicer now. They they need money Ooh. and yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't want this to turn into like Rush Limbaugh here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn government! Yeah, government. <laughs> thanks, Obama. <laughs> anyway, hashtag thanks, Obama. So yeah, I guess. Uh, so what you're saying is, if you need the money to pay to fix your roof, which is a pretty important thing, then a home equity loan is probably the cheapest and safest way to get it. Yeah. Okay. And it has the potential to raise the value of your house. So that could take care. If you choose to sell your house, that could probably take care of the balance. Exactly. But but first, try and see if you can get insurance to pay for it. Okay, yeah. You know, if it's still within, like, the uh, the warranty, like, 30 years or whatever, wait for the, the damn thing to leak. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about that, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting my first home in a week, but it will be a rental, so... And it's new, so hopefully I won't have to replace the roof. <laughs> if I that did, I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> this house is two years old. Anyway, question number three. Uh, Joe says, should we use Betterment as a savings account to potentially use for a down payment on a house uh, or to pay off a student loan car or a car loan in bulk or to have as a three to six month emergency fund? I would say, I would say yes, 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 and yes. Say yes to all of them. With the exception of your down payment for your house, like start uh, contributing like five years in advance or something like crazy because uh, you don't want to have to, you want to go to buy your house in three years and the market's down and it's like shitty. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think because we talked about that, right? Mm. We were like, if you're going to be using the money in anything less than three years, then the gains you're going to make on it in an investment are like not going to really outweigh the small amount of risk, but like the risk that still exists. Yeah, I mean, in three years, we could be, you know, in a crash again. You never know. Or it could yeah. be fine. Yeah, so, um, you know, I guess if you're going to keep your, your emergency fund in betterment, like, maybe don't do it. I do it. Have it 100% stocks. <laughs> <laughs> like, my betterment is very much an experiment and is, like, growth-minded. My emergency fund is in Vanguard and much more uh, less risky investments, I suppose. Mm. And then I've got the retirement fund as well. So keep some in bonds. And then yeah. for other things, like you can, but if you're going to use it that soon, like the gains are not really going to be that big of a deal. Like if you want to, if you have a car loan, you're probably going to want to pay that off in like a year or two, right? Yeah. And this, this whole thing that people try and do where they're like, well, it's going to be 7% on average and my car loan's only 3%. So I should totally invest it in betterment. And then pay off the car loan in blah, blah, blah time. And the thing is that on average, it's 7%. So you don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but your car loan will always be 3% in the up market, down market, whatever. And you're not like that 4% is not really so great. That's like inflation. Yeah, I think it's it's like a push. It's good to mention that uh, I think we can't overstate it. The 7% average is like over like 10 years or or more. If you're like, oh, I'm going to invest in the Vanguard Total Stock Index Fund because I'm going to get 7% within a year. No, you may get negative 15%. You may you may get 30%. Who knows? It could be awesome. It could be like shitty. Over 10 years, you'll probably get 7%. Mm. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to get 7% this year and then use that gain to pay off my car loan, you might not. You might lose 7% yeah. in one, any one given year. That's kind of how volatility works. So I don't know. I probably just keep that in a savings account if I was going to use it that soon. Same. Cool. Uh, Ashley asks, what advice can you give us uh, in how we apply extra money to the mortgage and or how this priority competes against our savings for retirement or savings in betterment or both of which are healthy but not robust? Um, They have a three-month fully funded emergency fund and going and a 6% retirement savings with the addition of a 6% company match. Hmm. So, so pay the mortgage down faster or I would investments faster. I would almost never pay the mortgage down faster. Um okay. because like I'm sorry, Dave Ramsey says that um your home is like your biggest investment or it's like your savings account, but it's like so not and it's really has not performed well for many, many years. Maybe he said this back mm-hmm. in like the eighties when homes were doing well. Um, for a very long time, even well before 2009, on average, like your home doesn't perform that well. So you shouldn't really overpay it, pay it. You should sooner put your money towards retirement where you could actually grow and then use that money instead of having to sell your home. Um, yeah. but if you did want to put extra money towards your mortgage and you, you know what you're doing, um, you should pay more frequently than once a month because a uh, mortgage interest gets compounded daily. So if you wanted to be OCD, you could literally pay, make a payment every day if your mortgage company would allow it, and you'd pay less interest over the... So like if you took, say you had $1,000, and you divide it over 30 days, it would actually save you time in your mortgage. 
if you were crazy like that's that. a little ridiculous though yeah it's a little ridiculous i feel like you could pay like an extra five dollars to counteract that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but here's the thing um mortgage rates interest rates are like what three percent four percent i don't very know low yeah now what do you pay for yours so mine i got two years ago was 3.25 percent. i think the average okay. now is about 3.5 so 3.25 percent or on average over 10 years like we said seven percent mm. in the market I think you're losing money if you didn't, if you pay off your mortgage faster, you know, it's like the one kind of debt that I feel you shouldn't like abhor, you know, Mm. like student loans. I want those gone as soon as possible. Uh, any sort of like credit card, card debt that needs to go a home debt. That's, you know, that's debt on an asset that has a good chance to improve in value. You can sell and it's such a big amount and you have it for so long that you're not really going to put a huge dent in it psychologically by trying to pay it down faster, unless you're like making bank and there's not much left on Dude, it. Think of it like this. So you have your home, it's $300,000. Um, if it increased in value 3%, that's $9,000. And like, yeah. that's what inflation is. So it's, it's like really unlikely your house, your $300,000 house is going to increase $9,000 every year or that much more than that. And yeah. that's just like literally inflation. So you're just, you're not gaining anything. Right. Okay. So pretty good on that one then? Yeah. Save more. <laughs> uh, and I mean, obviously, if you're getting a company match at a 6% retirement savings, that's what? That's 12%? Yeah. I'm doing the math right. So like do that as much as you can. That's a good return. And then the rest can go into Vanguard or Betterment or whatever it is you use. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then Veronica, for our last question, this is very much for you. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I actually waited a while, and uh, uh, maybe people are interested, so I thought it would be cool to answer. So what made you go into data engineering? What's a typical day like for you? Uh, What degrees or certifications or skills do you recommend for the job? Which ones do you find most applicable? Any trends that will make this career choice more or less attractive in the future? Hmm. So I went into data engineering by accident. I was a developer. I, I realized that all the data gets stored in places and I, I, you know, I was doing that a lot and I was like, Hey, like, this seems cool. Like, why don't I just do this? I think this will be needed. And, uh, I did it and it turned out not many people focus on data. So, um, I have accidentally fallen into a job where I'm like a rare bird. So that kind of pushes the salary up. I guess it's that whole like niching down thing where it's like if you're mm-hmm. really good at this specific thing um, and people need you, they'll pay more. And so it's that plus we're in like this era of big data. So yeah. um, it's needed a lot and there are very few people who do it. Um, degrees, certifications. I just have like an undergrad. Uh, it, I have a degree in information technology, software engineering. So, And you don't have a grad degree, right? Don't have a grad degree. I, um, it's not even computer science. It's like a, a derivation. So it's like easier math. Isn't easier. yours mine? Hmm? MIS? Isn't that what you majored in? Um, or is it something similar? It, it's very, very similar. So, uh, NGIT, it, I, it's IT. It is accredited. So it's like its own track. Yeah. Um, where I think you took more management classes. I just took more development classes. Okay. I think Iowa State was actually thinking about adding a major like that where it was like very much aimed at getting people ready for data heavy, development heavy IT jobs, but mm. not necessarily computer engineering or computer science. So it would have been 
like MIS, like cut out a lot of the business, add in more IT development kind of stuff, but cut, like not have all the math and physics of engineering. Yeah. And I think the only reason they didn't end up uh, adding it was because some of the people in the MIS department didn't want it like Competing. poaching people mm. away from. Yeah, which kind of sucks because I feel like a lot of people want to be sysadmins and want yeah. to be data engineers. And I feel like the MIS program doesn't really prepare them for it. Like you need a lot of outside education and experience. It was this weird thing where so. everyone was going to computer science and it was like, that's a sexy one. And I understand, but I was young and all of the theory and the math and all that stuff, I was like kind of lost on me. And I didn't, I yeah. felt like I was getting a degree in something that I would never use. Mm -hmm. Where like IT and MIS is very similar. It's like all like applicable stuff that you could actually envision yourself using and doing. And yeah. so you know, I got that, and then I started as like a, a database administrator, so very like sysadminy type thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get experience, and you learn, and you grow, and then you have this like base that most people don't have because few people yeah. go that the sysadmin route. But I guess a, you know a couple of good things to note is like you make a pretty darn good salary and you don't have a master's degree, mm. though you're it, you're obviously not right out of college, so you had to build up to it. Yeah. And for this kind of work, I don't think there's a whole lot of education out there that's going to really prepare you that well. So you damn well better be working in the off hours to learn, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean. Uh, to be honest, like I was coding on the side, and I knew yeah. very, very basic data stuff. And um, it was just if you're a nerd, like you're, you'd be an awesome database administrator, and you do that for two years, and you could easily go into like a database uh, engineering role, and yeah. that's like a massive salary jump between the two. Very nice. And so, uh, what's your typical day like then? So my typical day is um, when you actually go in. Yeah, when when I actually go in to the office, um, we a database engineer like a lot of what we do is we pull data in from various sources. So it's like you know at iHeartRadio we have the app, and um, every day it's ranked at a different ranking in the App Store, and how many people update the app and so on. I go and I pull all the data down from the API and store it in the mm -hmm. database, and I also build the the data warehouse, which is where we kind of keep all of our information organized so that analytics and the business can query this data and like get insights, um, build playlists for songs and, and stuff like that. Cool. Sounds very data-y. It is. It is very <laughs> data-y, very nerdy. Um, it's a lot of fun, though. Are you like in a cubicle eight hours a day? Um, or is it like cooler than that? I, I have way more meetings than I would like to have. I feel like okay. I can almost not code because I have so many meetings, but it's an open uh, floor layout. So it's okay. not like it's like Facebook, you know, but it's similar to how Facebook style where it's just kind of open, people walk around chatting and, okay, you know. Very cool. I don't have very many meetings at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous, dude. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had meetings during my internship and I was like, why am I here? Like I'm not I'm unable yeah. to contribute anything. <laughs> Half the time they have a meeting, it's like five people are invited, but only really two people need to be there. But they yep. need like an audience. I like the uh, who did it? Was it was it? Why can't I think of the name? Basecamp. Mm. I think did they do? Oh, uh, 37, oh 37 signals. Yeah, Don't they do like the 22 minute stand up meetings. 
where it's like you stand up, there's no sitting, and it's like limited to 22 minutes. Yeah, that's, like that. that's brilliant. So we started that doing that in the morning, and it's 10 minutes. Everyone says their thing. No one, it's like in the morning, no one wants to be there. So it's like boom, 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 and then you're out. Yeah, because I remember being in meetings at one of my jobs, and like everyone around the table would be like, okay, like not saying <laughs> it, but like, oh, it's time to go. And then, then somebody else would like pipe up. And you could like tell everyone else's eyes are just like daggers of that person. Like, yeah, don't like, you dare I, say another word. I'll have work to do. <laughs> cut your face. <laughs> cool. Well, like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, maybe you can do a more in-depth day in life episode at some point. Who knows? Yeah, I, that, that could be a good idea. You're, I going, you're going on vacation soon. Maybe I'll attempt a solo episode. Oh, dude, you should do it. I mean, I, I'm not going to make any promises for you, but I... I did one for mine, mm. uh, my podcast, and it was I got in my car and I just talked to my iPhone and voice recorder while driving around town. And uh, then I like tried to make the audio sound as good as possible. But you can definitely hear the car in the background, the blinkers and everything. It is my most downloaded episode. That's awesome, of all time. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, because you teach a lot of college stuff, but I am also like just kind of enamored with like all how you make it all work over there. So I think. Um, if, if you're interested in what Thomas does and how he does it, listen to him drive his car. There we go. And hold yeah. his phone up and not get into an accident. Surprise <laughs> you, 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 to- you taught me that in Iowa, you can talk on the phone and you can even text while driving and it's like totally cool. Like well, you can just be like, to text while driving. Like that's not, it's illegal, but it's, it's a secondary offense. I think it's called. Mm. So like technically i think the cops aren't allowed to stop you unless it's like you're doing something else wrong as well Mm. but i would imagine that if like you're texting and they see you they could probably find something like so oh it seems you have a busted taillight and you were texting so all right so you're in iowa you're driving and you're you're texting you're just like looking down at your phone they That's can't dangerous. pull you over. But now if you're texting and looking down your phone and you have your feet out the window, can they pull you over yet? <laughs> How am I driving? Uh, <laughs> I have like my hand on the pedal and I'm like, I've got my other hand like all the way up on the steering wheel. You just, you just have a book on. I need the- to have my license taken away at that point. All right. Like, so you're saying they will pull you over if you're like, I have smoked ahead. something that should not be smoked. <laughs> <laughs> Like anyway, Dave Chappelle skit PCP. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe when I'm in Japan, you should do that episode. Mm. It's the life day in life of Andrew. I think that would be I fun. Wake yeah. up. I get my neutral bullet. I pet my kitty. And then, and then I just play video games all day. And then I, yeah. I just, you know, I don't wear pants. <laughs> De- definitely no pants. <laughs> yes. If you've watched the Patreon video, you'll know. I just don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of that, mm. uh, how's that coming along? I guess when this when this episode goes out, how will that be? So when this episode goes out, it should be out for about a week. Cool. Um. So if I'm hailing from the future, this is going exceptionally well right now. The Patreon uh, thing. <laughs> Man, there's so many people. We're we're almost about ready to just go full time independent. Like, yeah. God, that would be awesome. Ah, oh, man, I, I wish that that would be so awesome if you guys could help make that a thing <laughs> i would love you such a long time so that's uh listen money matters.com slash support yeah right? cool cool so yeah slash support is where you can find our patreon page uh and if you like this show and you've gotten value out of it and you want to help pay it forward well andrew would love to get closer to the point where he can do this full time and 
stay up 24 hours a day improving it you know it man <laughs> yeah man cool so hey if you got questions we're always uh, happy to answer them listen money matters at gmail.com is where you can email us or you can go to listenmoneymatters.com slash get involved to find out how to subscribe rate and review the show and otherwise get involved Boom. today's review comes from gojo 0401 on itunes he says, boom, Andrew and Thomas do a great job with this podcast. It's nice to finally hear from guys my age who think and act like I do instead of all the older gents out there who probably know what they're doing, <laughs> but they just tell you how it is. More, most importantly to me, they provide me with insight into new apps, programs, investment tools, ETC that I haven't heard of and greatly assist me in getting my finances right. And it's entertaining. So thanks for that review, man. And uh, hey, if you want to find our favorite money management resources and tools and apps and cool things that can improve your life and make it easier, listen to moneymatters.com slash toolbox is where we collect all that stuff. So thanks again for hanging out. And we look forward to the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Tell your friends about this show. <laughs>